Hello, friends. Welcome once again to the Perfect Bomb Podcast. This is a podcast all about anything and everything comic books and comics related. Brought to you by the Panel Jumper and Comic Extension. My name is Ben. With me, as always, is Nicole Lamb. Oh, hello. Chris Casso. Hello. And Mr. Cole Hornaday. Well, hello to you, Captain Sassafras. Well, you seem to be staring at me funny. I so didn't know we were rolling. <laughs> I, I could have had a finger up my nose. He was so. going to start asking questions about comics and yeah. discussing. And I was like, oh, we're starting. Okay. Yeah, we're I, had, uh, I was in the middle of my trivia report to myself. <laughs> well, I have to do this little chat in with myself otherwise i just can't get warmed up wait are we rolling well speaking of trivia that's exactly what we're doing today it's uh well it's uh, it's the best of episode we're uh we're we're taking the week off and we're gonna roll for you some of our favorite quiz times oh is that right that is right wow. well except for this bit right here we record okay. this bit fresh right. for this episode <laughs> but all the rest of it is uh former quiz time so friends get your quiz hats on let's roll lay it on us chris uh, so this one is about henchmen. It's titled, Are They Eligible for Cobra Insurance? <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Ah, ah, I'm sorry. I love it. Cobra. Okay, so first one. Deadpool had a friend slash sidekick slash meat shield who was a disenfranchised Hydra agent. What was his name? Uh, Frank? Hank? <laughs> what is his name? John, Steve, Joe, Bob, agent of Hydra. Oh, there you uh, go, Bob. It was one of those. Didn't guys. Bob get his own? Bob. Book he got like a one shot. Wars? Yeah, that I actually read Hank. that. that oh, was see, that's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, Never. were they friends though? No, sadly. Uh, next, the mighty monarch from the Venture <laughs> Brothers employed two geeky yet surprisingly competent henchmen. What were their designations? Twenty-four. Yes. And nineteen. Camera twelve. I have twelve. No idea. Twenty-one. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. I love it. One sounded like Ray Romano. Do, do. <laughs> Next one. This terrorist. <laughs> Mom, get the dog off me. <laughs> this ter- Mom, call Lady back. Sound <laughs> <Down>, boy. <laughs> That was good. (laughs) Okay. This terrorist off-branch of Hydra requires its members to at least have a master's degree, if not a PhD, in some area of science, mathematics, or business. Name the terrorist organization. AIM. Mm Mm-hmm. Advanced Idea Mechanics. The beekeepers, yeah. These ninja henchmen who often fight Daredevil tend to turn to dust for easy cleanup after a fight. (laughs) Who are they? The The hand. hand. Bonus, what other ninja clan in comics and cartoons was created as a tribute? The foot. Yeah, I, I knew you already knew that. <laughs> Teenage nice. Yeah. Before the show, he already like settled that. I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, okay. but Teenage I've also been movie. thinking because I, I think I want to devote some uh, panel jumper episode to that those stories. Mm-hmm. So cool. I've been mm-hmm. yeah, kind of pursuing that. Just, right. I'm at the thinking out loud. In the stage. weeds. In the weeds. Last one. Members of this mercenary organization, Foxhound, got a lot of really cool nicknames, such as Revolver Ocelot, Psycho Mantis, Sniper Wolf, and my favorite, Decoy Octopus. What franchise are they from? Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. yeah. And right. I don't even play video games, and I knew that. Yeah. That's that. terrible. Well, that, that's great knowledge. Nicole, it's your turn. Lay it on us. What you got, baby? So I almost tortured y'all and made a dynamite quiz. Oh. And no. I almost I almost died. Couldn't make so it through. I couldn't do it. So I got inspired by redheads because Red Sonia. So this is Right. And you're a ginger. 
Name that red hot ginger. <laughs> sorry, this I This is our it. game show. And I ruined it time. for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm going to say a little spiel about him, and then you just name the guy or the girl. Okay, okay. excellent. All right, so this guy, living in a quiet suburban town, seems to have no limit on the ladies to date. Specifically, though, he has been dating two special ladies, a blonde and a brunette, off and on since your grandparents were in the war. <laughs> name that red hot ginger. Archie, Archie Andrews. <laughs> Very good, full name and everything. That's mm-hmm. so All right, so this guy rivals, this is gonna happen a lot. Uh, this guy rivals Bruce Wayne, though doesn't share the universe, on the amount of lady friends he has. There's a lot of players in this first one. He's a lawyer by day and crime-fighting ninja by night. Name that red hot ginger. Daredevil. Yes. <laughs> or also known as Matt, Matt Murdock. That is correct. We said that in stereo. So this next question, I just have to fair warn, is a little um, heated because I don't like her very much. Okay. Uh, so this lady uh, has harnessed a force that has been very devastating, but has since been forgiven for such devastation. She also used her telepathic powers. Uh, she saw fit to out another member of her team. Who is that? Jean Grey. Yeah, I don't like her. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's worth... No, I'm not going to interrupt. Go, go, go. Because uh, I was going to be like, she's the young version of the little version. Not of the... even that, no, but no, yeah, no, moving no. on. Okay. Um, so this lady left her military career due to Don't Ask, Don't Tell and went on to become a caped vigilante. Her costume was inspired by one of the most famous. Name that red hot ginger. Batwoman Kate Kane. Yes, thank you. All right, and last one, but certainly not least. This guy does a lot of things in space and once got punched by Batman. He's a jerk, but I love him. <laughs> Name that red hot ginger. Guy Gardner. Yes. This time the questions are brought to you by me. Um, so this one is all about <coughs> Superman, specifically all about the Superman movies, and these are uh, these are pro- these are multiple choice. Mm. So here we go. Number one, we all know Marlon Brando was a bit of an eccentric in his later years. In 1978, Superman Brando as Jor El did what? A refused to memorize his lines, instead placing them around the set where he could read them, including putting his lines on the diaper of baby Cal-El, reading them off of the diaper as he lowers Cal-El into the escape pod. B, hated doing multiple takes, so he insisted director Richard Donner roll camera on rehearsal as well because, quote, we might get lucky. Or C, sued the producers for a larger part of the profits, even though he is in the movie for less than 10 minutes. All of the above. All of the above is correct, <laughs> sir. Wow. That man was such an incredible piece of work. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number two. In his autobiography, Richard Pryor took the role of Gus Gorman in 1983's Superman 3, even Woo-hoo. though he thought the script was terrible because, A, his son idolized Superman and Pryor wanted to be a part of the franchise, B, he was offered $5 million, or C, his good friend Gene Wilder urged him to take the role. I would guess A. You, I knew would be wrong. <laughs> Was it Gene Wilder? No. Oh. Is it all of the above? No. <laughs> Richard Pryor was offered $5 million, which oh, okay. I guess for 83 was Follow a lot for him. That's a, yeah, that's a lot. Follow yeah. the money. All right, number three. In 1987, Superman IV, The Quest for Peace. Mm. Oh, sorry. 
1987 Superman for the Quest for Peace is overwhelmingly considered the worst of the Christopher Reeve era Superman films. Yep. But it is the only film to contain what signature scene? A. Clark Kent changes into Superman in a phone booth. B. Someone says it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Or C. Superman jumps over a building. <laughs> I'm going to say it's B. Uh, B. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Nope. nope. It's the only of the Clark Kent movies to have Superman changing in a phone booth. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. That's number four. silly because they did the bit in the first film where he he look, he takes a glance at the half angle and he kind of rolls his eyes at it. So why go back? No, oh, that's just silly. <laughs> because it was... The fourth movie. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Was, that movie has a lot, uh, a lot of trouble behind it. Problems. Mm-hmm. Number four, Brandon Routh, who plays Superman in 2006's Superman Returns, shares what connection with Christopher Reeve aside from their chiseled good looks? <laughs> All right, A. They were both born in Des Moines, Iowa. Hmm. B. They were only 26 when their first Superman movies were released. In the case of Routh, it was his only Superman movie. Or C. They both subsequently had a brief affair with the actress playing Lois Lane during production. B? It is B. They were both 26. And I look at Christopher Reeve in the first Superman movie and I'm like, 26? The guy was 26? Yeah, man. He was. All right. And finally, number five, before Ben Affleck took over the role of Batman in 2016's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, Affleck <laughs> sought out advice on playing the Dark Knight from former Batman Christian Bale. What was Bale's advice? A. Oh, God. <laughs> A. Don't sign on for more than one picture in case it sucks. <laughs> B, no one can see your face during the fight scenes. Have a pro do them, meaning have stuntmen do them. Or C, make sure you can piss in that suit. Oh, gee. <laughs> They're all so C. good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bale wanted Affleck to make sure he can use the bathroom while he was <laughs> playing the Dark Knight. Today, our quiz questions come to us from Cole Hornaday. Lay it on us, Cole. What? For me? Yeah, man. Okay, well, uh, this week's uh, trivia question theme is corporations we love and dread or I sold my soul to the company store. So, (laughs) now I'm going to give you a description of the context of the corporation and ask you to identify them. Each question is worth 16 tons. Oh, Ben Lawrence, you just sometimes you exceed genius. You're marvelous. Yay! Okay, when Detroit cop Alex Murphy was gunned down by a team of heavily armed thugs, let me get through my description because I, 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 I put a lot of wit into these, and, okay. and, and I'll try to keep them as brief as possible, Chris. <laughs> armed thugs. This all-encompassing, profit-mongering organization took his supposedly brain-dead body and turned him into a cybernetic keeper of the peace, Robocop. Yes, sir. GCP? Omni Consumer Products. GCP is, is uh, 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 that, that's the police force, but the, the company, the company, the company God, was, no. all right. Deep in the bowels of Raccoon City, this nefarious company masquerading as an innocent pharmaceutical and cosmetics company maintains miles and miles of subterranean laboratories where they experiment with all manner of lethal microorganisms for bio-warfare, including one that would turn all of humanity into a uh, Resident Evil. 
It's been. I'm so far oh, removed no, from Resident Evil. The now. Umbrella Corporation. Yes. The Umbrella Corporation. Uh, Very good. Well done, sir. Though not mentioned by name in the first two films of the franchise, this conglomerate corporation of the not so distant future became obsessed with militarizing a vicious species of xenomorphs discovered in a derelict <laughs> alien spaceship <laughs> on a planetoid LV426. That is until Ridley Scott decided to reboot the franchise by kicking the whole juggernaut into reverse, backing over his own good works, making what was what had already devolved to do a muddy mess that much more feckless and ridiculous what was the name of the company it's like a Japanese name and a not Japanese name right. together <laughs> Wayland Utani yes dang he's on Good fire <laughs> this oil company found in found in both the print and cinematic Marvel universes aided the development of aided in the development of S.H.I.E.L.D. but became a bunch of corporate hooligans in the print universe they were responsible for the death of Tony Stark's parents spoilers as yet, we don't know how that will play out in the MCU. It's not Roxxon. It is Roxxon oh. Corporation. Good job. And lastly, seated deep within the satirical works of Thomas Pynchon, this defense contractor's name was ultimately borrowed by the Red Lectroids of the Eighth Dimension, who were foiled in their plans for world domination by Buckaroo Banzai and his Hong Kong Cavaliers. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> can I can I phone a husband? <laughs> no. Dang. Oh. No, no no lifelines. Nobody? Yo-Yo Dine Propulsion Systems. Yo-Yo Dine. Yo-Yo Dine. All right. Where are we going? Planet 10. When are we going to get there? Real soon. <laughs> Today is the triumphant return of twi Tinder profiles of Yay! superheroes. Yay! All right. Uh, try to guess which hero or villain placed this ad on Tinder. And I have to admit that some of these are influenced by a collegehumor.com post. I blatantly just stole some of them. <laughs> anyway, number one. Looking for a stress-free relationship. <laughs> Who is that? Reed Richards? Bruce Banner. Yeah! Bruce Banner. Yeah. Or the Hulk. All right. Number two. Honesty is the best policy with me because I will find out the truth. Wonder Woman? Yeah, Wonder Woman. All right. Number three. Don't be afraid of my hugs or you might get burned. Don't be afraid who? Man thing? Yeah, man thing. <laughs> but is he giant size man thing? <laughs> oh. All right. Number four. Looking for a no strings attached relationship. Oh, who am I kidding? There's going to be lots of strings attached. The puppeteer? No. Oh. That's a good one, though. That wasn't who I was thinking of. <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man. <laughs> but, those, but those aren't strings, Ben. Those are, those are, those are, those are webs. All right. There's a difference Number between string five. and web. There's like a, wait, no. Come, come, hold on. Number five. Mike. Free will must be eliminated. You will swipe right and join me in Apocalypse. <laughs> Dark side. Yeah, dark side. I was kind of stretching on that one. Need one more. <laughs> Today's quiz time questions are brought to us by Cole Hornaday. Oh, Lay it on us, me. Cole. Oh, I thought I had a little bit of wiggle time. Nope. Okay. This week's Perfect Bound podcast trivia questions. The theme is We Are Family. These questions all pertain to sibling super beings. Hmm. All right. Ready, player one. 
Originally introduced in Hanna-Barbera's wildly successful Saturday morning cartoon series, The Super Friends, in 1977, these... Now, hold on. I wrote out all this great copy here, brother. Do it. Do it. (laughs) These purple-complected twins had the ability to grind any on-screen action to a stupefying halt while they transformed themselves into innocuous household items like ice cubes, dust mops, and tepid buckets of water to solve an equally innocuous crime, Chris. Uh, you got your hand up. I don't remember their. I know. I know the name of the monkey, but I don't remember their name. Okay, well, hold on to that. Hold on to that. That's okay. important, though. Okay. Uh, the Wonder Twins. Right. Jan. And their names were Jan. Keep going. Zana. Keep going. You know, young man, you should keep your hand down if you're not ready to respond. And bleep, blip, blip. Zan and Jaina the Jana. Wonder Twins. Okay, Zan and bonus question. Name their chatter-prone monkey pal. Sir, it's like ben. Bleak or something, right? Bleak. Bleak. Isn't right. that what happens when you involuntarily squirt saliva out of your mouth? It is, actually. <laughs> I, always, I always thought that uh, Jan got a raw deal because Jaina could always in, uh, like transform into like a cool animal like a cheetah or a panther and Jan was became fog with a face I know right <laughs> just hated those guys all right number them. two number two they were the first uh, to flesh and blood they were the first to flesh and blood brothers in all Christendom who now manage, they now manage households at the boundaries of the dreaming, the domain of the Sandman. One tells his tales from within the walls of DC's House of Mystery, and the other from the House of Secrets. And whenever they meet, the younger of the two seldom survives the experience. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. But can you identify the houses they both oversee? Ooh. This is a toughie. Uh, was Secrets Abel? Uh, uh, other way around. So Cain was the caretaker of the House of Mystery, and Abel was the caretaker of the House of Secrets. Mm. But uh, good, nice try. No. <laughs> Is that where the Vertigo series House of Mystery spun out of? Yes. Yep. Hey. Yep. Yeah, All but right. they, was, they were like, you know, they were like, the, the, those are the horror anthology books yep. akin yep. to the EC comics. And so these guys would host them like the Crypt Keepers. But I don't think I, I ever made the connection as a younger reader that they were Cain and Abel from the Bible. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. These two mutant twins have the ability to move faster than the human eye can follow. And they were original members of the Canadian government super team Alpha Flight. North Star and Aurora. Very good. Both made their first appearance in Marvel's Uncanny X-Men in uh, number 121 in 1979. Now, uh, tell me something significant about Brother North Star. Uh, he's the first superhero to come out as gay. Yeah, he was the first openly gay ah. superhero. Mm-hmm. Right. Next up, born on Wondagore Mountain, home of the high evolutionary, these two form... Just let me finish <laughs> reading the question. I just like what he's... <laughs> Because I bring this, this copy, this whole <laughs> <laughs> these two, you do you, you do you. I wanted, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, these two former mutant twins were brought up to believe they were the progeny of Golden Age superheroes Miss America and the Wizard, the Wizard. Um, and for many years believed this to be true, even when their biological father, Magneto, indoctrinated them into his brotherhood of evil mutants, Chris Cassell. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. That's right. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were uh, original members of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. They both made their debuts in X-Men number four in 1963. And last up... Is it last up? No, I got one more. Uh, two more. This one is pretty much a gimme. Uh, they were one half of the Fantastic Four. 
Oh, uh, the yeah. Sue Storm and, and Johnny Storm. <laughs> That's right. In math, so human torch. I wasn't prepared for math. <laughs> fractions just happened. Oh, did you? Oh, you thought I was going to have more well, copy there. You had more copy. Yeah, it's going to add a little yeah. switcheroo on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am full of surprises. <laughs> Lastly, we have two more actual mutant siblings. These kids are from Russia. One possesses the ability to transform himself into a being of organic metal, and the other. <laughs> The other spent her formidable years in the dark realm of limbo and is now mis a mistress of the mystic arts, able to transport herself through time and space. Are you pointing at me like I should know it? Should I know it? <laughs> One of them was just in the movie yeah, we were talking about. Oh, Colossus. Very good. And magic, yeah. Yeah. And magic right. Iliana. Iliana, right. Iliana. <laughs> so Piotr and Iliana Rasputin, a.k.a. Colossus and Magic. Colossus first appeared in Giant Size X-Men number one in 1975, and Magic first appeared in, and Magic, not Iliana, because apparently she appeared as, you know, non-mutant right. earlier. But she first appeared in New Mutants 11, or New Mutants number 14 in 1984. Mm -hmm. And this week, our questions are coming to us from Nicole. <laughs> Lay it on us, Nicole. What you got, baby? Um, so this is all about J. Scott Campbell. No, I'm just kidding. Uh. <laughs> Man, you know how to clear a room, don't you? <laughs> okay, so in celebration of the Nicole-made Black Panther Day, mm -hmm. um, I'm bringing you Cats of the Comic-Verse. All right. These are all... Actual kitty cats. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. well, you know, actual comic kitty cats. Right. All right, so I'll start off with one of my favorites that started me off in comics. This comic strip held the Guinness World Record for being the world's most widely syndicated comic strip. Published since 1978, it chronicles the life of the title character, uh, his owner, John, and his dog, uh, John's dog, Odie, <laughs> who created this beloved beloved ah. comic strip about this lovable and lazy cat. Mr. Jim Davis. Yes, and I that's was the, Garfield. I was the biggest Garfield. Were you the president of the Jim man. Davis fan club? I wasn't, but man, I, I loved it when I was a kid. You can I, be now. I just went through some of my old stuff and found tons of Garfield comics yeah. just stashed in there. So I had all the books. I had everything. It's great. I can't stand it these days, but I loved it when I was a kid. <laughs> Go read the Garfield without Garfield. Yeah, those are yeah. great. That's yeah. awesome. I have seen Is that. such a thing? Yeah. Somebody just omitted all the John oh the Garfield, so it seems like John is a very lonely, sad man talking to himself. Crazy, sad, lonely yeah. man. Yes. I'm just going through uh, all these existential crises. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, really anyway. Number two. <laughs> Number two. This graphic novel written by Paul Tobin and drawn by Benjamin Dewey chronicles Allison Breaking, a talented journalist who receives an offer from a mysterious stranger named Burma to write his memoirs. It's an offer she can't refuse. And Burma is quite literally unlike any man that she's ever known because he's a cat. This cat has stories to tell about how he, over the course of a few lifetimes, has shaped the world and another darker story that Allison must risk all to uncover. A story of what this particular cat has been doing with the last of his nine lives. Name Ooh. that comic, Chris. I was the cat. Yes. <laughs> Whoa, I don't think I've ever heard of this. It's really nice. Yeah. yeah. And I, horrible. I did and that nice. for you. And horrible. <laughs> nice and horrible. I mean, you get that. Okay. All right, so this manga collection depicts an adorable gray and white kitten with black stripes. She wanders away from her mother and siblings one day while enjoying a walk outside with her family. Lost in her surroundings, the kitten struggles to find her family and instead is adopted by a young boy and his mother. While being housebroken, the kitten mistakenly answers to the Japanese word for urine, and thus this becomes her name. This kitten has had a splendid time living with her new family, living about different things, learning about different things, and meeting new people and animals. Hint, this is an all-age comic depicting extraordinary cute happy cats. <laughs> you. Cheese home. 
Yep, she's sweet home. Sweet home. FYI, <laughs> she answers to she, I guess,、uh, as in she from Shiko, which is the Japanese word for urine.、Mm. Yeah.、Right. I didn't know. I learned things by、yeah. doing this quiz today.、Learned、no idea. Every day. There was so much pee in this comic. Okay, <laughs> question number four. This character is a real life cat who looks like he's always having a bad day. He became an internet sensation and soon had merchandise. Nationwide available for ultimate internet meme consumers. In 2015, Dynamite pub- began publishing comics with him and his brother, a slightly less perturbed cat. Who is this cat and his brother? And bonus, what is his real name? Well, I know the name of the I don't know the real name of the cat, but it's Grumpy Cat. It is. Do you know the brother's name? I don't. It's part of the title of the comic. I know, I don't read them. <laughs> anybody? Anybody? Uh, no, I Again, don't. Again, learning experience. So the, the, the comic is Grumpy Cat and Pokey. Okay. And his real name <laughs> is Tard. <laughs> Tard? Wait, how is that spelled? Just tell me there's not an apostrophe in front of it. Nope. Okay. Nope.、Um, like you're tardy. Okay.、Uh, but without the Y. Gotcha. I went that、mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Last one, number five. When the 15 year old version of a great historical woman from antiquity finds a mysterious tablet that zaps her to the really far future, she learns of an ancient prophecy that says she is destined to save the galaxy from the tyrannical rule of the evil Xanus Octavian. She enrolls in an academy with high tech school, all awesome cool things. Also, cats run the government, aka the council. What is this graphic novel series? Cleopatra in Space. Yes. <laughs> And now get your quiz hats on, everybody. It's now, quiz I want to watch Nicole anthropomorphose <laughs> over here. She I was went... trying to Pac Man, but I guess、oh, pa- I, oh, I, thought, I thought you were being a grouper or,、right. or a gecko. I... Today, the quiz time questions come to us from Chris Casso. Lay it on us, Chris. This is all Cyclops related. Surprise,、Yay! surprise. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so after years of Marvel teasing the existence of a third Summers brother, the first being Havoc,、um, leader of X Factor sometimes,、um, Ed Brown. Brubaker finally introduced the character in 2006. He quickly became a central villain and the emperor of the Shi'ar Empire. What was his name? Villain name or real name? You got me. See,、no? I remember it being a biblical name. I wanted to say Exodus, but that was taken by a different guy. Gabriel Summers, aka Vulcan. I wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. Cyclops has a son who is older than him, a daughter who's not really his daughter because she's from an alternate future, another son who's not really his son because he's from an alternate reality, and another son who's not really his son because he's a clone of his son. I hate the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> Name two of any of these characters I just mentioned. Well, one of them was X Man. You went for the vaguest one,、yeah. or like the, the weirdest one. Good well, job. Yeah, because that guy just doesn't exist in continuity anymore. Kind of, sort of does. Well, the、yeah. other one is, is Nate Summers, who is Cable. Yes. Yep. So, yep. And then we're daughters. And Nate Gray is X Man. Da- Nate Gray, thank、yeah. you. And they're all Nates, right? Yeah, they're all Nates. And, and the girls are all. Rachel Summers, Rachel who's from、Summers. an alternate timeline.、Yeah. And Strife is the clone of C-、uh, Cable. Oh, I totally forgot about who that. Who was raised by his foster father, Apocalypse, <laughs> in an alternate future.、Oh. Okay. That was a Liefeld character. Yeah. Yeah.、Uh, <laughs> true or false? 
Cyclops' eyes contain interdimensional apertures, releasing powerful energies from another dimension into his own via the beams. This account states that his body naturally metabolizes ambient energy that is used to open and focus the apertures in his eyes. The energy of the beam itself originates from another dimension. Did George Lucas write that? True or false? Wow. <laughs> that was so elaborate, I'm going to have to say it was true. At one point it was, but now it's but not anymore. <laughs> this, it was later changed in the 1986 official handbook of the Marvel Universe. So in one of those official handbooks, some guy was like, "Derp a derp, alternate energy," and then somebody else like, "Derp a derp, no." Uh, so it's both. It's both true and false. Yes. It's derp a derp and derp a derp and derp a derp. Of course, of course. There's a lot of derp. Summer. This is the X Men. Okay, here's a big derp. During the event called The Twelve, Cyclops was merged with what major X-Men villain? Like, unified body and soul merged. Mowage. Mowage. <laughs> I actually did just mention the villain a little while ago. Uh, I don't know. Vulcan? Apocalypse. Apocalypse, uh, I don't know. And I always used to call him Apocalypse. So final question, what villain has been obsessed with Scott Summers' bloodline ever since, even before his powers manifested, and even spied on him when he was in an orphanage? Mr. Sinister. Yes. All right. Oh, thank well, goodness I got one. <laughs> this week, our questions come to us from Mr. Cole Hornaday. Lay it on us, Cole. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. All right, I got to give you a little backstory on this one. Um, I had the flu over Labor Day weekend, and I was—I had all these plans for my three-day weekend, and I was uh, totally wiped out. But I discovered um, uh, Comet TV. Comet TV. On, yes. On, Did you watch Ch Cherry Two Thousand? Uh, uh, it's uh, it's 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 on Comcast. It's three twenty-eight on the dial. It is the best. Geek station yeah, in the world. It's got a lot of weird, um, weird things on and it. And so they run Outer Limits. They um, Mystery Science Theater 3000 back to back on Sunday nights, like nice. the like the Joel episodes. Yep, yep. Um, Joel. So, <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, I'm a cord cutter. I don't have the cable. <laughs> okay. well, actually, it's on it's on the webs too. Oh, is that on the webs? It's on the webs too. Um, uh, but they also were running Roger Corman films. They had a Godzilla marathon. They had a Godzilla marathon. <laughs> but they were running the Roger Corman films from the 60s, the drive-in movies, the one the Edgar Allan Poe ones, and they ran, and I watched The Raven back-to-back -back a couple of times, and that's Vincent Price at his best. Yes, yes. And uh, Vincent Price and Jack Nicholson in that one, very young Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah. Baby. And uh, Boris Karloff, you know, in these cheesy, low-budget movies. Oh, um, uh, Peter Lorre. It's wonderfully charming uh, characterizations. Just so that inspired me for yeah, this quiz time. Yeah, very good. This Yay. quiz time is called Something to Crow About. All, right. All questions relate to comic books and characters derived from the La Familia Corvidae, or crows and their ilk. <laughs> First up, severely OCD museum curator turned super thief Margaret Pie has a gift for converting those shiny trinkets she steals into deadly weapons for the foils of her flightiness, like Batman and Superman. Who is she? Magpie? You got it! The magpie created Oh my god. <laughs> Margaret, Margaret Pie. Pie. <laughs> Come on. 
<laughs> the magpie created by John Byrne first appeared in Man of Steel number three in 1986. That was fantastic. <laughs> that was lovely. Uh, in an alternate future where H.G. Wells' Martian invaders returned for a second strike and succeeded in subjugating the human race, this red-headed renegade gladiator leads a ragtag group of freemen across the battle-ravaged surface of planet Earth. You go, you Kill Raven. Kill Raven is Kill absolutely Raven. right. Kill Raven first appeared in Amazing Adventures, uh, Volume 2, 18, from Marvel Comics in 1973. Now, this character uh, was once a special government agent on the trail of a swamp creature. He was convinced murdered scientists Alec and Linda Holland. This point of confusion is eventually resolved. Uh, years following that whole swamp thing, <laughs> this fellow finds himself comatose following a drunk driving incident. Uh, he regains consciousness, but in the Sandman's realm of the dreaming. But he no longer wears the form of a man. In fact, he's now the winged companion of the Lord of Dreams. Who is this? Michael? <laughs> Daniel. Roger. <laughs> Jeff. Oh, you're breaking my Jeremy. heart. Jeremy. Matthew the Raven uh, first appeared as Matt Siebel. <laughs> More than Bible names. <laughs> uh, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew the Raven first appeared as Matt Cable in Swamp Thing number one in 1972, and as uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew the Raven, the Raven Raven, in Sam and Eleven in 1989. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you are such a good sport. I love you. What's next? <laughs> this character surreptitiously formed uh, the new Teen Titans to combat her father, the multi-browed demon lord Trigon. <laughs> her catchphrase Azerath Metrion Zinthos is the password for the email accounts of many a millennial. Who is she? A uh, Raven? <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. Raven first appeared in DC Comics Presents number 26 in 1980. Uh, lastly, uh, resurrected on the violent streets of Detroit, Eric Draven was an undead spirit of vengeance that spoke to the goth punk culture in ways his creator, uh, J.O. Barr, could never have foreseen, becoming a franchise that covered not only comics, but novels, films, television, and yes, action figures. Sadly, this character will forever be associated with the onset death of actor Brandon Lee. The Crow. There Birdman. you go. <laughs> Birdman. Published by Caliber Comics in 1989. The first film was released in 1994, but look for a new film adaptation in 2017. Holy crap, really? That's right. That's our show, but before we go, I want to tell you that the Perfect Bound Podcast is brought to you by The Panel Jumper. See everything Cole Hornaday and I do at thepaneljumper.com and Comic Dungeon right here at 319 Northeast 45th Street in beautiful downtown Wallingford or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at comicsdungeon.com. You can find us on iTunes or any other way you get your podcast or go to perfectboundpodcast.com. Send us an email. Is there a book you want us to review? You want Chris or Nicole or Cole to, to read something that you like and see what they have to say about it. Do you have some qu trivia questions for us for quiz yeah, time? Yeah, some trivia questions for us for quiz time. So send us an email, perfectboundpodcast at gmail.com. And speaking of quiz time, get your quiz hats on, everybody. It's quiz time. And these this week, the questions come to us from me. And we mentioned you. earlier me. Yeah. You. Because no it, I, I think today was me. Okay, yeah. Uh. So um, <laughs> we mentioned earlier that uh, uh, we lost. Lost Carrie Fisher uh, early, a couple weeks ago, so I'm going to ask you some Carrie Fisher questions. Excellent. Number one, 
She played a gun-toting, bomb-setting mystery woman who pursued Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi in what 1980 film? Cole Hornaday. Blues Brothers. Yes, sir, the Blues Brothers. Number two, she insisted Gary Fisher accompany her everywhere, even sitting next to her on set during television interviews. Who is Gary Fisher? Is that her dog? It is her dog. It's her French bulldog. This is the the French bulldog with the the tongue, the lolling. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number three, acted in this 2001 Kevin Smith film, also starring Mark Hamill, both appearing for the first time in the same movie since 1983's Return of the Jedi, though neither knew the other was in it until a filming head rat. Uh, what is this 2001 Kevin Smith film? Is Cole. it Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? It is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Number four was an accomplished novelist, memoirist, and script doctor. Fisher all was is also credited with writing one episode of what 1990s sitcom about the Connors and their daily struggles as a working class family. Yes, it is Roseanne. Oh, is that Thank right? You, Scott. I had no idea. She, it's her only sitcom credit. Wow. Um, wow. Although she that did, we know of. Well, the, oh, that, that, that we she wrote. Of. She although sneaky. Yeah. I did, I did just uh, recently watch her episode of Thirty Rock. Have mm-hmm. you all seen this mm-hmm. season? It's on Netflix. Check it out. Season two, episode called Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, number five revealed in her memoir, uh, Wishful Drinking, that she had a brief affair with U.S. Senator Chris Dodd. Democrat, Connecticut. When asked about it, when asked about it, what was Dodd's response? I don't know. It'll be really obvious when I tell it to you. Is this not the affair you were looking for? No, uh, but you're on the right track. Oh, okay. It's about a guy who's trying to just say something was in his past. In a very different. Oh, uh, that was a, a long, long, long time ago. Yes, <laughs> it, was, it was a long, long time Boom. ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, that is quiz time, and that is our show. Thank you, everybody, and uh, uh, thanks for listening, all of you at home. And we will see you next week.